0: Welcome to New Life Miami, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nlmiami.com. We hope to see you soon, and remember. You are loved. Hey, moms! Once again, happy Mother's Day. Thank you for being here. You all look beautiful. No amen for that part? You guys look beautiful. Hey, if you're taking notes, go ahead and write this down. We just, um, as we welcome you and and thank you for being here and, and some of you being our guest and some of you just coming back home and being part of this service, I have a word that God put in my heart for you. And if you take notes, which you should, best place to take notes in church, write this phrase down. And then we'll get to it eventually. Write this phrase down. And the phrase is, see what it will become. See what it will become. There it is right there just in case. See what it will become. Write that down because I want to share with you something about that phrase. See what it will become on this Mother's Day. And it's obvious we got to stop and we got to honor moms today. And like I shared earlier, we also remember and honor the ones that have left us and entered into eternity. And with lots of, of love and, and with respect, we, we definitely give God praise for each mom we celebrate um, who's not with us today as well. So, so for sure we do that, and we want to honor those moms. And my mom specifically is not here. My mom is at my sister's church with her daughter, and my mom is, is my great hero. And I, and I feel like she, she's one of the first ones to always press play on our podcast and on our app to listen to our messages every single week. So I want to make sure I just address her for a moment because she's not here so I know she's going to hear this but my mom is my my great hero, not just a hero but a great hero um, in my life. you know I grew up seeing my mom struggle and I see I saw her uh, I saw her juggle so much, I saw my mom withstand so much. I also got to see her conquer so much and I know that I would not be the person, the man that I am today, if it wasn't for the mom that the Lord gave me. How many of you children could say you would not be who you are today if it wasn't for the mom that God has given you. Amen. Let's give them a hand. They deserve it. I want to talk about my also mother-in-law as well because now she has no choice but to call me her son-in-law. But my mother-in-law, who is also amazing, if my wife would grab the mic, she would honor her. But she is here and we get to tell her that we love her and all the sacrifices and everything that she does for us and for her beautiful grandchildren. I'm just a little biased with her grandchildren. Yeah. They're beautiful. And we, and, we, and we just thank her. But she always says something that strikes a chord every time she says it to me. And she says, you don't choose your family, but God chooses it for you. And I thank God for my family. And how many of you today could specifically thank God for your mom? Amen? I do. You know, when you think about moms, the, the, the grace in how you guys teach, the grace in, in how you speak, the way you live your life, the grace behind how you live your life, it, it's being seen. It's being seen. Every word, every action, every, every decision, it's all being seen. The, the greatest students, the greatest learners, the greatest audience that you could ever have, your child or your children, they're soaking all of you in. I'm telling you that because today I'm close to 36 years old already. It's scary to say that. But in, at my age, I, I'm, I'm a product of everything that I have saw and decisions made and, and actions lived out before me by my mom. And I've soaked it all in. I'm, I'm not lying to you. You could later on lean over to your child and say, is he saying the truth? He is. She is. She'll tell you he'll tell you that I am. We're soaking everything in, all that you do. So I want to encourage you to be graceful, to be filled with the Spirit. Amen? Continue to be virtuous. Be faithful. Continue to be strong. Continue to be you, Mom, because you definitely are special, and you're special to the children that you mother. Amen? And as much as, as we love you, Mom, and, and we honor and we, and we could talk about you, there, 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 you know, there comes a weird time in, in your children's life, as we honor and talk about you today, that I want to make sure that I come across and make this point, a point in where in our lives where where that little child of yours that is constant in showing you that they love you is not so little anymore. Some of you guys are at that stage, right? Your little child is not so little anymore? Yeah. And they're showing you or vocalizing to you that they love you has become less. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because some of your children are here and I don't want them to feel too bad, but we're going to get to them. And maybe you just hear it less and feel it less or maybe you just feel like it's completely stopped. They don't tell me again. They don't show me they love me anymore. It just breaks my heart. I remember when they were little and they would just say, mama, can you just give me tickles because I love you so much? I don't know. What are the things that your children used to say? I bet you some of you could embarrass some of your children right now. Any of you want to embarrass one of your children right now? (laughs) None of you want to embarrass your children right now? Shame on you, mom. You really are a good mom. But maybe you've experienced this in your life. Where there is no more, mom, are we there yet? Mom, we forgot to read before going to bed. Mom, are you mad? Mom, can I have ice cream? Mom, can I have this? Mom, can you take me there? Mom, I'm hungry. Mom, I'm thirsty. Mom, I'm tired. Mom, I'm sleepy. Mom, it hurts. Mom, I don't feel good. Mom, I'm sorry. Remember those days? When it was constant? Mom, 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 mom. And there's something about you that maybe you missed that, that little voice. That, somebody's like, no, I'm so glad. <laughs> <laughs> they're just gone I'm waiting for the other ones they need to go too and... but the truth is moms we are sorry if we've gone on in life and we haven't stopped in our busyness of life to tell you to show you that we love you and, and we're sorry for that because we do and today's really all about you we love you we cherish you and we tell you that we love you children look at your mom right now and just say I love you is that hard to say that to them I love you I love you Spanish speakers, te quiero mucho, mami, te amo, no sé, uh, uh, right? I'm on the right page. It's good. I've always been ama- amazed by mom, as you can see, especially by my mom. I've always been amazed by my mom. But, but today, it's cool because just like Maori shared something earlier, um, I get to experience it from a different perspective. Um, I get to assist a mom now. And that's real cool. I get to assist a mom, and, and, and I'm involved now in the thoughts, in the decisions, in feelings, in the struggles, in the joys, in the scares. Yesterday we had a scare with our little one. In the fears, etc. cetera. And, and, and today I get to look at moms and place them at a higher standard. And I wanted to make sure I said this right, so I wrote it down word by word because I don't want to mess up because this is what my heart was, was really pouring out throughout the week. I get to look at moms and place them at a higher standard because my wife is truly the greatest mom I know. And, and I'm proud of her. Our kids are blessed to have her as mom. And I'm blessed to sit front row and see her work her magic every day. Aww. So sometimes your kids don't tell you how much they love you enough, but our kids kind of do, but, but sometimes your husband doesn't tell you. And I love you. Amen. Amen. Now I want to get into the word. <laughs> but she really is the best mom I know. Um, I don't know how she does it, to be honest with you. Proverbs talks, Proverbs talks about moms and, and wives, and I want to share two verses real quick before getting into the meat of my message. Proverbs 31. Verse 27 and 28, listen to these words. It says, She looks well to the ways of her household, and she does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. And that's why I I wanted to praise my wife today. And I wanted to say, I'm blessed, and our children are blessed. Because I could truly say this that I have a wife who looks after the ways of her household. I have a wife that does not take the bread of idleness. She really loves the Lord, and she makes sure that our house is the house of God. At our house, amen? So, so moms, you have an amazing responsibility. You have an amazing calling. You have something amazing that God's called you to. And, and, and as we get in and, and we bridge into the message today, something that we've been doing here at church for a while here and especially this month, but really for a while, we, we've been mentioning water a lot. How many of you from the house, you, you noticed that we're talking a lot, a, lot, a, lot, a lot about water? And this morning we woke up and there was a lot of water out there today again. And it's like, how cool is that? Because I'm going to talk about water. <laughs> and we've been mentioning it, whether it's rains or whether it's rivers, we, we've seen it as if almost, and every time we mention water, it's almost as if there's a destiny, there's a destiny in these waters. Almost every time you mention waters. Whether it's water giving life, like we learned in Revelation. Everything it touches, it gives life. Whether it's bringing growth, like we learned last week. Hey, y'all know, you guys want to know something? Hey, guys. You know what? You're a piece of dirt. <laughs> Sometimes, though, if you weren't here last week, forget it. You're like, why is he saying that? Last week's message was, was that. But... But water, when it falls in the dirt, it brings growth in that dirt. So it brings growth. It gives life. Today we're going to see that water also in just this story, which I'm really not going to focus too much on it. But we see it, it brings forth, a, it's used to bring forth a deliverance or, or salvation. I want to talk about a woman. It's so fitting that on Mother's Day we talk about a mom. Actually, she's a mom and her name is, is Jacobet. Anyone here? If you're not a part of the team here that, that you received more or less what we were going to be preaching today, you're not allowed to say it out loud, But does anyone know who, who Jochebed is? Anyone know who Jochebed is? Cool name, Jochebed. Anyone know who that is? No one? Cool. Well, today we're going to learn a little bit about who she is. Jochebed, if you did not know who she was, she's the mother of Moses, of Aaron, and of Miriam. She's Moses' mom. Her most popular son is, is definitely Moses. I mean, Aaron's right up there. He's popular too, but he wasn't as popular as Moses. And, and Jochebed, we're going we're to mention her. Actually, I'll prove to you that she's Moses' mom just in case because in chapter 2, it doesn't say, but chapter 6, it does. In chapter 6, verse 20, it says, Amran took as his wife Jochebed, and she bore him Aaron and Moses. So, so we see here that, that Jochebed is Moses' mom. Now, as we get into her story and what I want to talk to you about today, I want to give you a summary a little bit about the Hebrews, about the children of Israel. They've been in Egypt now for hundreds of years, 400 years. And if you remember way back, maybe you don't, they, how, how in the world did the Jewish people, how in the world the Hebrews, the Israelites, how did they get to Egypt? And how did they stay there for hundreds of years? Well, quick summary. If you remember, Joseph had to run away. Well, didn't really run away. They, they tried to murder him, and they sold him, and so on and so forth. And he ended up in Egypt. And as he ended up in Egypt, he found favor with Pharaoh. And he was the, pretty much the prime minister of Egypt. And, and Pharaoh began to conquer and rule in the land of Egypt, which was the most powerful nation. And the most powerful king, Pharaoh. Pharaoh. And, and, and down the road, he ran into his brothers who eventually tried to kill him. And he found favor and grace over their lives. And he brought his brothers and his family back to Egypt. And, and his brothers, some 400 years from what I'm going to talk about, began to take land in Egypt. And they began to prosper. And they began to grow the children of Israel. The Hebrew people began to expand mightily all throughout Egypt. So that's where we're at. So we're looking now at some 400 years later. There's a new pharaoh now, obviously. But he didn't care about Joseph. He didn't remember the favor of Joseph's, on Joseph's life. He actually broke every written law against the Hebrew people. And he shredded it and he cared not for them whatsoever. If you read in Exodus 1... He began to talk to his officials and he said this, he said, I'm worried because the children of Israel are becoming so much that they're becoming mightier than us and we're scared. Listen to this, that if we go to war with one of our enemies, they're going to side with them and they will conquer us. They were, he was scared of the children of Israel. He was worried about how unnumbered they were by the Hebrews. So what does he do? He takes a hold of all of them and he makes them slaves. Hardcore treats them horrible, and they become slaves in the land of Egypt. It's a very gruesome and a very time, a deep time of hardship that the children of Israel go through. And one of the sadistic things that he does is he says this. He says, we're going to go ahead, and from now on, every male child, every boy that is born from a Hebrew woman, go ahead and take them and kill them right away. Let the, let the girls live but let each boy die. Don't allow any more Hebrew boys be born. Murder them. Pretty evil, pretty dark, pretty diabolical. So I want to go to Exodus chapter 2 if you can with me, and that's where we're going to be at now. After he shares that, it's going to talk a little bit about the birth of Moses. Let's, Let's just read right through it, and then I'm going to give you some thoughts on it, and then we'll go on our way today. But look at this. It says about this time there was a man, I'm going to read today from the NLT. It says there was a man, a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi and they got married and the woman became pregnant and they gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of pepper seeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch and she put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. Everyone say she laid it down. Yeah, she had a beautiful baby. Actually, she sees him and says, man, this is good. This is beautiful. She puts him in a basket and she lays him down. Say it one more time, lay it down. That's what she did. How many of you would would grab your three-month-old year child and and just let him take a swim on the river? I don't know, I wouldn't do that. My, My daughter takes a bath in the bathtub and it's like, and she's not going nowhere. The water's not flowing. You know what I mean? And, and imagine a three-month. My, my daughter's nine months. So this is pretty intense. She laid it down. Verse 4 says, The baby's sister then stood at a distance, watching to see what would happen to him. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river. And her attendants walked along the riverbank. And when the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. And when the princess opened it, she... She saw the baby, and the little boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said, verse 7. Then the baby's sister approached the princess. Look what she says. Should I go and, and find out or find one of the Hebrew women to nurse this baby for you, she asked. And yes, do, the princess replied. So the girl went, and she called the baby's mother. I mean, you guys are catching on with what's happening here? Take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mom. So now she, here's the princess, the daughter of Pharaoh, telling Jacobed, Hey, we found this baby and I'll take care of this baby that we found. I will pay you for your help. So the woman took her baby home and nursed him. Jacobed is smart, right? This, well, this is my son. Of course I'm going to take him home. It's so cool that now she's getting paid for this. But, but we'll keep going. Later, when the boy was older, verse 10, his mother brought back to Pharaoh's daughter, brought him back who adopted him as her own son, and the princess named him Moses. For she explained, I lifted him, I drew him out of the water. Interesting story. Amazing story. And I want to just stay on this story. And I I want to talk to you about this. Ready? See, see what it will become. You know, this story always gets me thinking because when you read chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, as we just read it together, you followed along with me, you see that Where is her daughter working at? Where is she? Let's remember this. Where is she a slave at? She's actually a slave in Pharaoh's house. As a matter of fact, she is positioned to be the princess's slave. She's she's the slave of the princess. So the story really gets me thinking because as the daughter is now working and is a slave in Pharaoh's palace assigned to Pharaoh's daughter, I want you to see this, that maybe what really happened here was that together his sister and mom Jochebed, they planned this out together. Mom, I know the rivers very well because I see where they connect and I know one that connects to Pharaoh's palace. I, at this time, every day, Pharaoh's daughter goes and takes a bath and I have to sit there and I have to hold her towel for her, I have to fan her, you know what I mean? And mom, if you put, if you put him down at this time, I, I think according to the calculations, the baby will get there right around the same time that my master will be taking a bath. And as she's taking a bath, she'll see it and, and then I'll come up with this great idea, mom, I'll say, hey, should we call one of the Hebrew women to take care of it? And at that moment, mom, I'll go grab you. And mom, when I grab you, she's going to ask you, hey, can you take care of this child? Take it to your home, and I'm going to pay you for it. I know she's going she's gonna to ask you for this stuff, mom, because I know her very well. You see, Pharaoh's kind of harsh. Pharaoh's mean. But mom, there's something different about his daughter. I just have a feeling. I don't know. Don't you guys feel like that, all, all that stuff happened? I mean, don't, don't take it as Bible, but... What a coincidence that they laid him in the river and the river ended up in Pharaoh's house and that's where she was bathing and that's who grabbed her and then the sister was right there and the sister says, I have a great idea and she goes and gets mom and then mom comes and takes them and then gets paid. It makes sense that she knows which river lands right there, which part of the river lands right there in Pharaoh's palace. And I think that, that, that they came up with this idea and that she would persuade the princess to keep him so that he wouldn't die. That's what I think at least personally. But you know what's crazy about this is that I could care less how good of an idea that is. I'm, I'm just thinking I'm going to speak for the moms for a moment. That idea, there's no way that it's a good idea, because you're still placing a three-month-year-old in a river called Nile. Not a good idea, because because you know what they didn't think about was what happens if it hits the. What happens if it hits a rock? What what happens if it flips over? What happens if there's some crocs out there? What happens on the way over there? Someone else sees it. What happens if the princess does get it? What happens if Pharaoh's taking a bath and they go ahead and kill him? There's a lot of wrong that could have still happened. They chanced it. They took a chance. They took a chance. How how many of you guys know that sometimes to take a chance, it takes takes some faith? You know, some of you dared to become moms. (laughs) You took a chance, man. Now your child's bigger. What are you going to do? You can't, take, <laughs> you can't put them back. You can't put it back. Like, man, I have one that I've thought about. I don't know how to get rid of this one. No, just kidding. But you took a chance becoming a mom. Moms, do you agree with me? Because, you see, there comes a moment where they just leave the house and you're not with them in the car anymore. And you don't know how fast that foot is going to go down that pedal how hard it's going to go on that pedal. You don't know exactly at that time when they say, Mom, I'm just going to go to so-and-so's house. I mean, you think they're going to so-and-so's house most of the times. But you don't know if so-and-so's house is actually filled with a lot of other so-and-sos. I mean, I don't know. Let's, I don't want to get any of your kids in trouble. I don't want to get any of your kids in trouble. But come on, we all know what we're talking about. You took a chance. You took a chance. Jacobet took a chance. And she says, I don't know, baby, this kind of seems kind of risky. I guess I'll lay him down. We'll see what happens. And. And she puts him down on the river. We learned something here about Jacobed. She hit her child for, for three months, scripture says. She hit him because for the first three months, I remember both of my children, the, the crying is not too loud. It's a, it's a very pleasing cry. It's a little, it's like a, it's like a cat. But something happens after the three months. If you're a parent, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's something that happens right after that three months where it becomes a very loud, irritating sound in your ears and 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 they start to scream and like wow where did she and he get such strength so for three months she was able to hide this child but she could no longer hide him because at this time after three months he was being revealed why was he being revealed really catch now where i'm going to go with this you see his cries were getting louder he was getting bigger and regardless if the child was hidden or was being revealed, Jacob knew that something still had to happen. You guys are with me? So, so she, she came to a point of, do I keep him, which is eventually going to lead us to his death, or do I, do I let him go? Everyone say, let it go. let it go. Yeah, that wasn't too encouraging yet, but we'll get better at it. But, or, or do I let him go? Do I let it go, trusting that if I let it go, it's going to fulfill its purpose? Because I could keep him, but I know that by, by keeping this child that is growing, that is getting very loud, um, the outcome, I might have him for a few more days, I might have him for a few more months, but the outcome, I know for a fact it's not going to be good. Hey, you've ever been involved in something that God's told you to let go of, but you've continued to hold it on to it, and you know very well that as you continue to hold on to it, it's very pleasing for you to hold on to it for the moment, but you know that that thing that you're holding on to, it's not going to get you anywhere good. Ever been there in life? Some of us are like, yeah, the relationship I'm in or the relationship okay. But 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 for some of us it's all kinds of stuff. God said, don't get that job. You went and got that job anyways. God says, don't date that person. You went ahead and dated them anyways. God said, don't don't go to that place and you went over there anyways. God said, don't become friends with that person. You became friends with them anyways. Now they're your best friends. And and, and there's so many different things in your life that maybe God said, let go, let go, let go. Trust me that if you let go, I'm going to fulfill your purpose in your life. But but instead you're like, yeah, but it feels so good to continue holding on to it and, and continuing to hold on to it. Though it's great for the moment, in the long run, you know deep down in your soul because there's a voice that's to you and I believe it's the conscience that God gives you he's saying you should have let it go a long time ago because in the end it's not going to bring the best for you ever been there I feel like I'm looking at a mirror and I'm preaching to myself because I've been there I know that I know that experience I I know what this is about do I keep him because he'll die or do I trust because he'll provide do I keep him and he'll die or do I let go and trust he'll provide You should write that, probably. Do I keep it? It's going to cause death. Or should I let it go and know that he'll provide? You see, it hurts to let go, amen? But sometimes it hurts more to hold on. See, maybe some of us can relate to hold in. And, and some of you know it's Mother's Day, so it's a beautiful thing because we're moms and, and part of being mom is cherishing and bringing them in and comforting them and, and being a shelter and a stronghold and, and, and being a shade and, and, and just loving and cherishing and, and raising your child. But every mom knows this, that there's going to be a moment where now child has to go. And my God, does that hurt. Because some, some of you are like, I don't like him for her, her for him. That house for him, or that city for them, or that, co- and and it's hard sometimes being mom, because we have to some come to the understanding that, that our children are not with us forever. Every time we dedicate a child, we remind them parents that there's going to be a moment where you have to let it go and trust that God will provide. And maybe you can relate to holding on even to something other than a child, something that has value, memories, something you've worked hard for, hard labor to get, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, whatever you've Think of, but you know this, that as long as you have the control to keep it close to you, keep it with you, it's going to continue to grow. And the worst thing that could happen to that thing that you're holding on to is allow it to grow. Anyone with me? Because it's going to become bigger. The bigger it gets, the more obvious it becomes, the more painful it is. And you know it could damage you. And Not only will it damage you, but it could also damage the people around you. It could even damage that thing that means so much to you. It's amazing. It's amazing about Jacobet. It's amazing about moms that you carry this child that is developing for nine months in you, in your womb, and, and then you go through this vicious experience called labor to then have the child next to you nursing him, changing diapers, losing sleep, living worried, and then he grows up. And you start asking questions like, who is he with? Who, where are they going? What time are they getting back? How bittersweet it is huh, to be a parent. It's so beautiful, but sometimes it gets so painful. So then one day hear them say, mom, I'm dad, I'm mom, I'm leaving. What? What do you mean you're leaving? Yeah, I'm moving out. I applied for college. I'm going to this college. I'm going to this. I'm, or I'm getting married. What? I thought you are supposed to be with us forever. It happens. Some of you are like, I know, it's happened. Some of you, it's happening to you guys right now. All your investment, all your time, all your hard work, and then they leave. But you know, that's how it's supposed to be. But for Jacobed, it just came early. It came three months, three months to his birth, way early. For some of you guys, you're privileged that your child is, is still 42 and, and still lives with you, and for some of you guys... Some of you are privileged, but for Jochebed, but for, but for um, three months, three months born, three months born, and all you could hope for is, is that everything you've poured in them will then be poured out of them. Anyone with me? I pray that whatever my son, my daughter learns at home, hopefully it's all good things, right? I mean, he is saying weird words lately. I want to blame it on school and blame it on this evil culture. That If you hear my son say crap or stupid, he does not learn that from me. Though I do say stupid and crap sometimes while I'm preaching, but don't judge him for it. He loves the Lord. But I hope that whatever we've poured into him, what mom's poured into him, he gets to pour out into this world one day. You see, you need to let it go. Joche- Jochebed, you need to let him go. You, you need to let it go because, because here it is, ready? You need to let it go to see what it will become. You see, if Jochebed would have kept him, she would have never seen what Moses would have become. And and I know that there are things in our lives, some things that that have not become from your life yet because you haven't found the strength or the trust or the faith to let go. I'm waiting for things to become, Pastor. Good. Then God's waiting for things to be let go of. Huh? No. You see, because we all want the become to happen, but God is waiting for the let go to take place. See, Jacob, there is a deliverer in that. He's only three months. Let him go. But it doesn't seem right. It's denial. Let him go. There's crocs there. Let him go. The the current is bad. Let him go. Why? Because, Jacobet, until you don't let him go, you'll never see what will become. And I'm wondering what kind of excuses we're giving to God. God, it's only three months. God, it's the Nile River. God, there's crocodiles. God, if they find them, they'll kill them. Listen, if you continue to hold on to it, it's going to suffocate and die in your hand. So you might as well let go and see what it will (laughs) become. Some things will not become until you let it go. Does that make any sense to anyone? Because if not, I have to just close up the service because if it hasn't made sense yet, it's not going to make sense for all my other points. Look at it this way. Have you considered that that maybe the hurt you carry can become the healing you walk into because of the faith because of the faith because of the trust of letting go so wait a minute there's a healing yeah but all i carry is hurt right let go and you'll see what it will become it may become healing jacobed jo- lay it down in the river say lay it down and and i believe that there are things to be laid down because God wants to complete its purpose so that he may be glorified. How many of you feel like your sole purpose in life is to glorify the Lord? Good. A, a good, a, a good, a good um, group of eight of you. We're getting somewhere. Last year it was like four of you that raised your hand. So we're prospering and growing as a church. We've multiplied by four. But I believe there are things to be laid down because God wants to complete its purpose and He wants to be glorified. But God put this in my heart. You see, as long as it's hidden, he can't be glorified. You got something hidden? How is God going to be glorified? As long as you have control of it, as much as you're trying to have control of it, he can't be glorified. So there's this beautiful child. I mean, we know it's beautiful because when she saw it, she said, man, he's gorgeous. I'm going to tell you exactly in the Hebrew what she said. But man, he's good looking. Man, he's strong. Man, he's healthy. But what's crazy is that as she felt that certain way, she had to lay it down. She had to allow it to go through a process. See, what I want to tell you guys on this awesome Mother's Day is this. Lay it down so that the Lord can take it through his process so that he would be glorified. I believe that our lives' sole purpose is to glorify the Lord. And there's things that need to be laid down so that the process, the process of him being glorified could start taking place. See, when Jacobed sees Moses, his name is not even Moses yet. And she laid, because remember, she didn't name him. God uses the enemy to name him. You know, I, I love sometimes how when the enemy meant something bad, what, what it does is he propels and even brings forth the name and the blessing of that thing which it was trying to destroy. So, so 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 Jacob doesn't even get to name him. I'm thinking when she was told his name, she was like, I actually love that name. But when she sees him in the Hebrew, she says a phrase, and I'm going to tell you in English what it means. She says this. It says, she saw him that he was good. That's all it means. She saw him and that he was good. He was good. He was strong. He was healthy. He was, he was good. But I started to think about that phrase, and I said, you know, God knows something about good. You guys know that? In Romans 8:28, it says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And we read the story of Jacob, and I get this, that if you can just lay it down, God will work all things together for good. It is good. Cool, because I'm about working things out for good. So, so if you have, if you've been called according to his purpose, I want you to write this down. If you have been called according to his purpose, then have faith that he will be glorified according to the process. If you've been called according to his purpose, we need to come to a place where then we have a faith, we have a trust that he will be glorified through the process. You see, the purpose looks overwhelming but because, because how will I ever get, here is my three month who they're about to kill, but, but God, you're going to use him to become a deliverer of a whole nation? How is the how is the purpose ever possible? Well, the only way that the purpose will ever be possible, it's if, if, if you understand that you got to lay it down and let it go through the process. See, we want the purpose, but God don't ask us to enter through the process. Don't, don't don't allow us, Lord, can we skip the laying it down? Because, because it's funny to, to see this story. And here is this woman who has this young man who says, man, he's good. And God says, I'm glad he's good because I work all things together for good for those who love me and are called according to my purpose. And what I love about Jacobet even more than her laying it down, I love what her name means. You should write this down too. Her name, Jacobet, if you want to define it in the Hebrew, are you guys ready for this? Okay, watch, just in case you're not. Here it is. Yahweh, because that's the name, the true name of God, Yahweh is glorified. What a weird name to have. <laughs> Jacobet, Yahweh is glorified, lays it down. Jacobet, Yahweh is gloried, lays it down. It's, it's interesting because, Jacobet, I, I know you don't see it now, and I know you may be thinking the worst, I, I know this is a stretch in your faith. I, I understand there is a danger in the water's current. I understand that the boy may be found and killed. I know all these things. You could almost hear God saying that, right? But do you, but do you understand? Do you have faith? Do you know that all things work together for good to those who love me and to those who are called according to my purpose? Jacobed, glorify me. Lay it down. Do I have to remind you what your name is? Yahweh is glorified. Lay it down. Jacob, lay down. Now, now, I, now, now, let's look at back at chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Imagine if she would have never put Moses in the water. Can you imagine how much history would have changed? Stop there for a moment. Imagine, imagine if mom would have never given life to you. How much would change? Now, imagine if she would have never put him in the water. Imagine what are the could-haves, what are the ifs. What's the other option? Who would, have, who would have it been? Imagine the story being someone totally other than Moses as we read through, through the scriptures. Even the New Testament mentions Moses. I mean, he even appears in the New Testament and hangs out and talks to Jesus for a little bit. Crazy. All because his mom had no faith. Imagine if, if he wasn't placed in the water. It would have been so weird reading the Exodus story without Moses' name repeated. Without his name being mentioned without being the one who delivers the Hebrew people. But you know what's very interesting about Moses? The origin of his life. It all started with water. You know what Moses is very popular for? Yeah, there's another water that he's very popular for. It's interesting that, that Moses' life begins with him being placed into the water, hoping for his survival. It's so interesting because as an older man, he finds himself confronted with water yet again hoping for his and his company's now survival. See, the boy that entered water as the only hope for survivor, survival is now at an older age, the same man that has confronted and has to enter the water to be delivered from it, him and a whole nation. And, and, and being delivered through water, just in case you forgot what Moses brought forth. Let me tell you what Moses brought forth. God through Moses, obviously. Ready? When he would walk out of the waters... <clears throat> As he's being chased by Egypt and Pharaoh, he would save and establish a whole nation. He would have to be delivered from water in order to write the laws of God that birthed Judaism. And would eventually give us the engine that runs to start up our Bible. He would have to be delivered from the water in order to bring the line of the Messiah. I mean, I don't know if, I mean, I could go down the list of everything that Moses brought forth till today. It's still living. It's still powerful. But I want you to see what one woman's action of laying it down. I want you to see what it became. I want you to see the outcome it had. That if Jacob you lay it down in due time, you will see what it will become. See, Moses is a big deal. I think we would all agree, right? But I'm telling you, though. That behind this great man, behind this great son named Moses, there was an amazing woman, an amazing mother named Jochebed. Think about her children for a moment. Moses, forefather of the Jews. I mean, deliverer of the Jewish people. The one who would be compared to the Messiah that is to come in the New Testament. I mean, Moses, big deal. Miriam, an advisor to her amazing... Brother Moses, a strength to her brother in tough times and a pillar to the Hebrew people, Miriam. And Aaron, who would serve as the first high priest and every single one of his sons would continue the line of the priesthood from the, from the priest of Levi. When you think about Jacob, she is the woman whose children became great. But I want you to understand who Jacob is. Everyone say this with me. Jacobet is this, Ready? Yahweh is glorified. Can you say that? Yahweh is glorified. She had to place him in the river. She had to lay it down. She had to surrender it to the process so eventually he could be glorified. And she lives up to her name. Sometimes, People look at my children and say, they have weird names. And I say, I know, but there's a reason. Because I want that as they get older, they understand that their name was given for them to fulfill what their name means. So I want my son, you've heard me say this so many times, to leave a legacy of God's grace and favor. And I want my daughter to be a love that is like a rock, a love which is like a precious gem. To people and, and what I want them to do is I want them to grow into the prophetic to the prof, to the pro, to the prophetic of what their name is. Here is Jacobin. Yahweh is glorified, and little did she know that her name and what it meant would be tested when her child was just three months. You know, people call you Yahweh is glorified, but I want to know if you really trust in me. Will you lay it down so that you? can see what it will become. I wonder, as we just admitted and I get ready to close, I wonder if I just said to you, how many of you believe that your sole purpose in life is to glorify the Lord? And many of you, I think it was eight, raised your hand and said, me. That's cool. So if you and your sole purpose is to glorify the Lord, think about it this way. What is he saying, let go And see, see what it can become. If you have your Bibles open to Exodus 2 as we close up, can you put your eyes on verse 9 so we can see how this ends? Exodus 2, go to verse 9 with me. And look at this. So she places the baby down. They find him in the river. The princess takes a hold of him. And Moses' sister says, I have a great idea. Let's call one of the moms. And look at verse 9. She tells Moses' mom, Jochebed, she says, take this baby and nurse him for me. The princess told the baby's mother, and I will pay you for your help. So the woman took her baby home and she nursed him. Jochebed took the baby, Moses, home and nursed him. She went from worrying if her son would be killed to now getting paid for staying home and raising her child. See what it will become? See what it will become? Because if any of you are like me, you, you probably, the first thing that you think of is the worst. That's going to happen if you just begin to trust God. But what about God has a whole other story and he turns it all around on you and he says, you see what it will become? But he just took you to trust in me. I know for a fact that every single person in here, God is calling you to trust Him in something. If we had time I would ask all of you to confess what it is if you want if you felt in your heart but I know every every one of you and if you're a mom you know this very well because you have a child that you wake up to and you tuck in bed every day and that thing right there even that thing right there that, that beautiful child you're called to to even let go and trust the process and see what it will become but there are many here that are not moms There are some sons and some daughters, some husbands, some singles, some some all all across wherever you might be in life. And wherever you're at, I believe this for a fact, that there's something that God has whispered and is whispering in your heart and your soul. And he says, was this enough confirmation for you? Was this enough to remind you to trust me, to surrender it, to let it go? And I'm going to show you if you trust me, I'm going to show you what it will become. I'm wondering how many of you know, how many of you could confess and say that to me? Oh, Jacobette, little does she she know that placing her son, laying it down, little does she know that laying it down, listen to this, that she would get the best Moses would get the best treatment, the best education. And Moses would get the best training. And years down the line, Moses himself would be used to deliver her people from bondage to enter the promised land given to their father Abraham some 400 plus years back. So we could look at this and we could say, thank you, mom. Thank you for not aborting the mission and laying it down when it hurt when it seemed ridiculous when it seemed painful when it seemed foolish you laid it down and you laid it down so that Yahweh Yahweh may be glorified understand that as we end that the Lord may be using that thing in which you laid down to become the greatest deliverance for you or for someone else I don't know if I should say, yeah. Have you ever thought about this? Just like Jacobed, That that thing which you carry, you, that thing that you carry, the long term, it might not even be about you. You might be carrying that thing because it's really about someone else's deliverance that God is going to use through it. Have you thought about that? Let it go. Let it go. Why should I let it go? So you could see what it will become. And the greatest thing is when that becomes not just something for itself. Are you with me? I'm going to end. Not just something for yourself. Not something for itself but something for the world to see. That little boy that was let go will one day stand before a king and tell him to let go of a nation. And who do you think you are? You didn't know who I am? I was raised in your palace. I am Moses. That which was let go by Yahweh is glorified. So that I could deliver my people once and for all. Pharaoh, let them go. See what it will become. See what it will become. See what it will become. become. But the only way that any of us will ever see what it will become is if you ever find faith and trust to first let it go. Let it go. So, what is it that you have to let go of? Don't, don't, rhetorical question. What is it that you have to let go of? Write it down right now in your mind. Write it down right now in your heart. And say, Pastor, I know exactly what God's calling me to surrender today. So that I can see what it will become. So I guess I'll end with the same phrase that I shared a few minutes ago. If you have been called according to his purpose. Then have faith that he will be glorified according to the process, let it go, see what it will become, moms, thank you, because you know this very well, and some of you are seeing what it will become, some of you are like, I'm so happy, honey, you see, I told you it was, it was good to let them go. Some of you are, are single, without honey sitting next to you, you've done a heck of a job, you've done a great job you've been mom you've been dad you've been everything to that child congratulations you saw what he's become you saw what she's become I'm wondering if it had anything to do with a life of faith that you live let it go see what it will become church this is not just for moms this is for all of us let it go so that you could see what it would become. Your great deliverance and others, their great deliverance. How many of you could say amen? Can you stand with me for a moment? Let's go ahead and let's sing a quick song and if that's, that message really spoke to you, just, Lord, here we are. Lord, you've spoken to the, to the deep parts of who I am. You know, we have been holding on to this thing for too long. It hurts too much. It's too painful. Or I know the, the end is not going to be the outcome that you really want, God. So, so thank you for the reminder that today I'm, I'm called to just let it go yet again. And trust that in the process, it's going to become something that's going to glorify your name. It's going to draw people to you. And I know that across this church, there are people here that they are calling them to let go. And in the trust and the faithfulness of of them letting go, you're you're going to do something great. You're going to do something supernatural. You're going to work it out for your purpose. Just give give them the faith to let it go so Lord as we sing this song to get ready to close we surrender our hearts to you we ask you to be glorified we ask you to visit our hearts here in a special way so as we sing right there where you're at just surrender your heart and ask the Lord Lord I'm going to let it go so here it is now be glorified so right now in his presence start to surrender whatever it is that you feel God's calling you to surrender if you want to come up here you can you can come and get on your knees and but right there where you're at, begin to surrender it. And if you've heard the Lord whisper to your heart, do it so that you can see what will become it. Let it happen right now in the spiritual. Let it happen in the supernatural. And let God do a, a marvelous wonder in your life. So as we sing this song, begin to open up your heart. Begin to live out in faith. Begin to trust. And begin to see God do an amazing work in you. Come on church, let's worship you. Let's glorify Him. Let's see. Let's see what it will become. Hallelujah.